Hi, it's Memorial Day Sunday, May 29th, as you know from reading the heading. I'm the Red-Headed Preacher, Richard Lanford, and this is the Red-Headed Preacher Podcast. Welcome to it. I hope you find your time invested in listening to this podcast, upbuilding and edifying for you uh, in your spiritual walk with the Lord. This message is called Alpha Omega Love. It's a different kind of title, but it's a different kind of message. In a way, it's an Easter message, uh, which doesn't, you won't, may not, that, that probably comes at the end as a perception, at least that's a perception I had after I wrote it. It kind of is what I was shooting for, and this was a difficult one to write, as was last week's, actually. It is uh, based on a, some New Testament scriptures, Revelation 22, 12 through 17, and 20 through 21. John 15, verses 12 through 17, especially chosen for Memorial Day weekend. And John 17, 20 through 26, which is like revelation from the lectionary. Alpha Omega Love. Our lector is Rich Schneider, one of our lay leaders, and I hope you will, uh, as I said at the beginning, my, my prayer is that you will find this time well spent for your soul. In fact, please, if you would, if you have the time, join me in a brief moment of prayer. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the love that you, O God, have given us and continue to give us. And we ask that we experience that love in our listening, in our learning, and then in our sharing what we may learn or what we may get out of this message, words of hope in difficult times. This we pray in the name of Christ, who really demonstrated your love for us in the ultimate way. Amen. Our first reading is from the lectionary and continues our recent few weeks of hearing from the last book in the Bible. Today, the reading is from the Revelation to John, chapter 22, verses 12 through 17 and 20 through 21. It begins as Jesus is speaking. See, I am coming soon. My reward is with me to repay according to everyone's work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they will have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and fornicators and murderers and idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. It is I, Jesus who sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let everyone who hears say, come. And let everyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. The one who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. 
The grace and the grace of the Lord Jesus be with and the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. This ends the reading from the Revelation. Our second reading is indeed two passages from the Gospel according to John. I will read the first one chosen for the Memorial Day holiday. Then, after our anthem, I will read the second one proposed by the Revised Common Lectionary, which Pastor receives. We begin with John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17, during Jesus' farewell discourse. Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from the Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This ends the first reading from John. Our service continues with an anthem by a trio from our choir. The final reading from John today is chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. Often called Jesus' high priestly prayer, it is a prayer on behalf of his disciples and those who will believe through their preaching. So as before, Jesus is speaking, or in this case, praying. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Here ends the reading of John 17 and the scriptures for today's service. May God grant us a wise and joyful understanding of this, the word of God for the people of God. Years ago, I used to bring my dry cleaning to a dry cleaner just a block east of here on Oakton Street. The proprietor's name was Gus, and he was Greek Orthodox. I used to bring my clergy robe there, too, and sometimes the stoles, especially the white stoles, because they get, 
They show dirt the fastest. Um, and one day he looked at the stitching on the older stole from St. Nikolai, and he pointed to the two Greek letters that are emblazoned on it. He said, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. I was polite enough not to mention that I had taken Greek, and I knew this alphabet, and, and I, so I knew this well. I just let him go on a little longer about the significance of what in the Greek alphabet are the first and last letters, our A and Z. I've never forgotten his taking his chance to preach a little bit. Well, Jesus says in our Revelation passage that he is the Alpha and the Omega. In chapter 1, not 22, but in chapter 1, verse 8, John recorded, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Interesting that both the Lord God Almighty and the heavenly Christ both make this claim in Revelation. To me, it is scriptural witness to the deity of Christ, or in um, theological terms, hypostasis. Now, we hear many different names for God and descriptions of Jesus, like light, the way, good shepherd, creator, Lord, and so on, but not so often the Alpha and the Omega. That might be a good pair to keep in mind for the living of these days, when it's harder for many of us to have loads of hope. One of the things which does not change, even in confusing, fearful, and anxious times like these, is the command to love one another. And we, the church, know that. Even when hope might be on the ropes, you and I and people of faith around the world do our best to keep loving by the grace of God and the work of the Spirit within us and amongst us. Of course we are imperfect. It's not for the heck of it that St. Peter's has a prayer of confession each Sunday. By the way, not every church does. And lots of churches have a prayer of confession each Sunday. Just some don't. Nevertheless, we who follow Jesus know well what Jesus and the law before him gave us as a direction for living. And we heard Rich read, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Now, I originally chose, as Rich indicated, I originally chose this reading from John 15 because it is a quote one often heard and may still hear on Memorial Day. No greater love has anyone than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And we remember and honor and express somber appreciation for the hundreds of thousands of men and women and youth who laid down their lives for others, for their fellow citizens and families during wartime. 
You do not have to be a veteran to know about soldiers who jumped on top of a live grenade and died, saving the rest of those closest to the grenade. You do not have to be a sailor to know the sacrifices made, for example, by the four chaplains of whom, of whom Julie Jernberg's dad, Melvin Beatty, made sure that I knew. Those on a mission of defense, blown up by an IED in Afghanistan, or who died for the Union in Gettysburg, the birth of democracy at Breed's Hill in Boston, and to stop the progress of German autocracy in Flanders Field. Not all lives laid down were deaths during service. Those who later took their own lives as a result of their service are also due our remembrance on Memorial Day. Now the love of which Jesus speaks and to whom he is speaking in this John 15 passage, I suggest are a little bit different than that kind of love, but it certainly can include that. The love Jesus speaks of has an origin, a font from which it sprung first, and that is God's own love for us and for the world. I just read a quote where Jesus refers to how he has loved them, the disciples, and we know this means not only Christ's service in washing their feet two chapters before this, his up, but primarily his upcoming self-denial and sacrifice on Calvary to wash our sins away. That is Jesus' no greater love as he laid down his life for his friends and really for his enemies. As I have loved you, he said. In the other reading from John, Jesus prayed, The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. Hello, United Church of Christ slogan from the 1950s, that they may all be one. That so that they may be one as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them. You and I, and people of faith, since Torah's law to love our neighbor and sojourner as ourselves, and especially since Jesus walked the earth, we know that we're taught to love because we are loved first. And that ability, that motivation to love like that comes from God, whom we have within us by faith through the Holy Spirit. The command to love has a context. We are loved first and best. Now, Jesus says, in this love, go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And this we know. This we have done, however imperfectly. Our faithful, loving service spread locally or more broadly, perhaps expressed in advocating for economic, racial, and social justice, for healing the planet, in trying to roll back illiteracy, hunger, in being part of the healing professions, and beyond. Yet still, despite our faithful, loving service, wherever and however it is spread, we still find ourselves confronted by Uvalde, Buffalo, Parkland, George Floyd's, Las Vegas, Newtown, etc. While writing this sermon, I saw an ad 
for a new book by Brian McLaren. It's called, Do I Stay Christian? A Guide for the Doubters, the Disappointed, and the Disillusioned. I understand the possible market for such a book, but I already preferred the next thing I saw, also online from Sojourners, and that is a quote from In the Morning, Morning with a U, In the M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, In the Morning by Deshaun Mosley. He wrote, For you, the gun wounded, the gunned down, and the loved ones who were left behind, we speak in love, and we don't go quietly. Better yet, perhaps, we who speak and seek to act in love do not go at all. Like the love from God within us, leading us at our best calling our shots, does not end. Neither do you, I, or the church at our best. Sometimes we have to take a break because we're human. But doubting, disappointed, or disillusioned, the drumbeat of agape does not abate. Jesus does not roll over and go to sleep or punch out, nor do his disciples of love, truth, and righteousness. Hope may be on the ropes, but love, not for long, no, not long. Love knows something which the revelation reminds us. God, Jesus, are the Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last, the beginning and the end. God, the end. Students of history can tell us how long it can take for an objective to be reached, if it is reached, for a conclusion to actually be observed. Some things took and are taking centuries. Something, though, which took only decades, and this was pointed out to me during the week's coverage of Uvalde, is the reduction in deaths by smoking. The 1964 Surgeon General's report on the consequences of smoking was the official opening volley, which prompted some to start quitting even then. And some could see and quit before that, but the Surgeon General's report, which didn't go anywhere but kept getting referred to, over time, because of that, laws began to be passed limiting where you could smoke, how old you had to be to possess cigarettes, and more. Again, over time, coupled with the rising costs of the product and the rising costs of health care because of the product, further restrictions such as no smoking in restaurants, airplanes, inside public places had their effect. And also, I believe, having an impact were studies showing the impact of secondhand smoke and blockbuster insider revelations such as those by whistleblower Jeff Wigand, dramatized in the 1999 movie The Insider, starring Russell Crowe. Smoking is still with us, but to a much lesser extent, and killing substantially fewer people with lung cancer than 65 years ago. Things can change when it comes to public health. 
Maybe the current overabundance of semi-automatic weapons and larger-than-helpful magazines can meet a similar resolution over time and effort. Over time and effort. Yes, inspired by our love of ourselves, our kids, and simply other people, like God's love in us, there can be progress when we who realize love often has to play the long game in faith, and it does just that, even though we're not talking about a game. It's a lifestyle of love spread into everything we do, one way or another. The Apostle Paul, thinking of the beginning and the ending, and where I'm going with this message, and there's, I've already offered up this one word of hope that can come from love being applied over time. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Philippian church, wrote this. It's chapter 1, verse 6. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. God began good works among that church, just as God and Christ say they are the Alpha, the beginning, not only of time, but of works of love we do. And Paul is confident, he said, that the same God will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That is, at the end, in the Omega. What God begins in love in the history of creation and humankind, and in our own believers' stories, God will finish. God is the end. Will you and I see this bringing to completion in our lifetimes? No guarantee at all. I tend to think not. Why should we be better off than Israel, whose history of faith in Hebrews 11 gives us a clue the writer lists Abraham, Moses, judges, soldiers, prophets, kings, suffering and even being martyred in Jewish history. The chapter, you might remember, leads into chapter 12 by saying all of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw them and greeted them. Yet all of these, though were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. In other words, they were part of a longer arc of Advent, preparation and laying the groundwork within Israel and the world for the coming of Jesus and the Gospel. They played a role in their time, and it was not in vain. It was part of a larger trajectory that in God's time started to be fulfilled in Bethlehem and in Capernaum and Nazareth and then in Jerusalem and continues through the church until the Omega, the end, the last. Hebrews celebrated the faith of the forerunners done under God and in service to God's ends. Philippians marks the surety of God's bringing to an end, to a completion, the good works, the works of love, which God had began in them. The words of Jesus commanding us to love one another because we are loved so spectacularly 
are worked out in our lives through thick and thin, through our anger and our fear and mass shootings and racism and so much more, yet we who love do not quit or go away. And our works of love are also from God. God having started good works in us, God is the Alpha, and under God, our works of love, under God, our works of love will also know an ending, completion, a fulfillment in God's time. Because God is also the Omega. Our expressions, our expressions of God's love are like Israel's history of faith and the church at Philippi and even those whittling away at the numbers of deaths from smoking are in God's trajectory of God's history. God is the source, the beginning of love, which is given to us. By God's grace, then, we seek to love and share it in lots of different ways, lifting up individuals and families and generations, not going away, all in God's time frame all in God's arc of the moral universe until probably long after we are in the heavenly city ourselves by grace the Alpha joins with the Omega the first meets the last and the beginning conjoins with the holy ending God is all in all all our works were all done under God deeds of love and faith inspired by the Son fruit that will last, to quote Jesus from John. Revelation even uses the word reward. I hesitate to use words like that because of my theology, but it's there. I'm coming with my reward. As surely as God is the Alpha and the Omega, so shall our love not be in vain, but has been in God's plans, in God's hands from beginning through to the end. And that is good news for the living of these days. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Redheaded Preacher Podcast. Next Sundays will be for the first Sunday in June, which is also going to be the Holy Day of Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday will be next week, and that's also a Communion Sunday for us, so that might mean a slightly shorter version of a sermon that I call a homily. But until then, my appreciation continues, and may God bless your week. Bye. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. 
Thank you so much.